0: Hi, this is Philip Holland, host of Hope for the Day. I'm so excited that you are listening and you have this to look forward to from today's message. You have the conviction of the world and the conviction of God. The world will convict you and it will tell you that you don't have enough of something. It will convict you and it will tell you that you need to experience more of something. It will convict you and tell you that you are too selfless and you need to be more selfish. Whereas the conviction of God will tell you that you need to be more focused on Him. That more shouldn't be the goal because more can just become the God. That it isn't about you, it should be about others and about Him.
1: Welcome to Hope for the Day with Pastor Philip Holland. The book of Psalms consists of words of mourning and words of joy, words of lament and words of praise. While it can be difficult for us to relate to the exact challenges spoken of in this book, we can all relate to the emotions those challenges elicited in the writers. Emotions of discouragement, despair, hopelessness, and rejection. While the writers grapple with how to process their people's pain, they learn they can still offer praise to God for His love and faithfulness. In this series, we will examine the challenges the people of Israel faced and draw from their faith as they looked forward to a Messiah who would one day save them. And on this side of the cross, we can look at this book to see how God was faithful in sending Jesus to save us, and how God is still faithful to see us through whatever difficulty we have. Please enjoy the message.
0: Now, if you have a Bible with you, you can. I'll give you the heads up now, you can turn to Psalm 32. <laughs> Is in Psalm 32 that we'll be digging in today. But before we do that, I want to set it up this way. 28 years ago, a website was launched by a man named Pierre Amajar. And this website was called Auction Web, and it was launched based on a computer code that he had created years ago in his home. And on this particular computer, code, he had developed a, a, a method in which sellers and buyers could, uh, could do business with one another, create a marketplace with one another. And, and what would happen is as he would launch this, it would, it would begin to gain a little bit of traction, but it had a little bit of a shaky start at the beginning too, in, in that the first item that was sold on auction web was a broken laser pointer. And so Pierre finds out about this, and he he realizes that he doesn't want this new potential business of his to to get a bad review early on, and so he reaches out to the purchaser of this broken laser pointer, and he says, sir, I'm so sorry, I know you want a laser pointer, but you purchased a broken one. Um, We will send you one completely free of charge. We just wanted to make you aware that we are aware of this issue. And the man said, no, no, you don't understand. I'm actually a collector of broken laser pointers, and so I went to your website in order to do that. Now, AuctionWeb, in spite of that bit of a shaky beginning, as I said, it would actually do very well. And three years later, it would change its name to eBay, offer an IPO, and within 24 hours, Pierre Omidyar would become a billionaire overnight. And this is just—it was a space in which fair, uh, fair, and and somewhat reasonable. Uh, Purchases and selling could happen amongst people and create this great marketplace for that to happen. And so people would go on there and they would buy things that are new or somewhat new to them for a few less dollars. Wouldn't it be nice if everything that we need or wanted is something that we could just go to an eBay or an Amazon even and just purchase? And I'm not talking about the stuff that we have. I'm not talking about the clothes that we wear. I'm talking more about peace of mind. Wouldn't it be amazing after this time that we have together, you could leave and you could go buy a mind that isn't foggy anymore. Distracted, but focused. And a mind that remembers. Wouldn't it be great if you could go purchase a clear conscience? Instead of a conscience that's full of guilt and shame of decisions that you've made. Wouldn't it be nice if you could could purchase some new emotions? Because you've got emotions, but they just seem like they're the wrong ones. Most of the time. We can often be like that girl, the little girl in the Pixar movie Inside Out who at this very, if you haven't seen the movie, it's at this very critical juncture in which she's about to lose all of her healthy emotions because the movie, the the synopsis of the movie is about how emotions are affecting and guiding this girl. And so she comes at this critical juncture in her life in which she's about to lose all of her healthy emotions. And the the the, unhealthy, you might say, the ones that can become unhealthy are about to take over and consume her. But then she's able to find her way and that doesn't happen. But for many of us... Maybe even for you, that, that moment wasn't able to get pulled back. And, and you wish that you could have feelings of love and of joy and of peace. But the feelings that often consume you are, are dissatisfaction and bitterness and anger. Wouldn't it be nice if we could just go and purchase something like that? That clear conscience, those healthy emotions that mind that is focused and attentive to whatever the Lord would have, it's just not not one of those things that's in the bag for us, it seems like. We want that, we desire that, but we don't don't know exactly how to get it. And that is the journey that we are gonna be on these next few moments. Because what it is that we so often desire is found, is found in a connection with the Lord. The Bible calls it a new heart. You see, everything I just described, our emotions, our mind, our conscience, all of that is wrapped up into our heart. And with the connection, a reconnection even for some of us to God, we can get that, we can have that. But it'll never be found on our own. And so we're, we're studying the Psalms. And today we're looking at Psalm 32 again. And this is what's known as a penitent Psalm. It, it's, a, it's a Psalm that is written by, these are Psalms that are written by psalmists who come into an experience with God. And in light of his goodness, in light of his holiness, they realize how sinful they are. And so Psalm 6, Psalm 32, Psalm 38, Psalm 51, Psalm 102, Psalm 130, Psalm 143 are all these psalms that are written based on the writer's sensitivity to their sinfulness. Sinfulness sensitivity to the conviction that is upon them. You have two convictions that you will deal with in life that I deal with. We have two. And how we respond to those two convictions will determine our lives, I think. I believe. You have the conviction of the world and the conviction of God. The world will convict you and it will tell you that you don't have enough of something. It will convict you and it will tell you that you need to experience more of something. It will convict you and tell you that you are too selfless and you need to be more selfish. Whereas the conviction of God will tell you that you need to be more focused on Him. That more shouldn't be the goal because more can just become the God that it isn't about you. It should be about others and about Him. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. Our mission is to offer you hope through Christ-centered biblical preaching. We certainly hope that this broadcast is doing just that for you today. You might not know this, but each of these sermons are recorded live at Valley View Christian Church in the Denver metropolitan area. If you live in the city, we'd love to meet you in person. We offer Sunday services at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. We have programming for children of all ages, dynamic worship, plenty of opportunities to get connected beyond Sundays, outreach initiatives, and much, much more. Do you want to know why we do all that we do? Because so much of our church leadership has had their life changed at a local church. Because it's here that we met Jesus and He changed our lives. This is how we might say it. The conviction of God is about you discovering him as opposed to just discovering yourself. The conviction of God is about looking to him when you need help and not looking just within when you really need help. The conviction of God is about a greater care for others, not a further Furthering along of one's career as the conviction of wor- the world would tell you. The conviction of God would say you need more holiness in your life. Not more happiness as the world would tell you. The conviction of God will tell you that you need more spiritual intimacy. The conviction of the world will tell you you need more sexual intimacy. The conviction of the world will tell you that you need to give to others. The conviction The conviction of God will tell you you need to give to others. The conviction of the world will tell you you need to gain for yourself. You see what I'm saying? And when we give way to the conviction of the world, we end up in a path that's going to bring us to a place where, well, maybe that's where you're at, where you need to reconnect with God because your mind isn't focused, your emotions are a bit unhealthy, and your conscience is way too burdened. And so this is the moment where maybe you check out. Or maybe it's when you can really lean in and check in. Because this is a journey that we all need to take. If we're going to leave here in a better place than we came. It's a place that David found himself in. That really prompted the writing of Psalm 51 and then Psalm 32. We think Psalm 32 came after 51. The rate why did he write Psalm 32? It's because of what happened in 2 Samuel 11 and 12 to know the specifics, the facts of what's going on around David. He should have gone off to fight and war. That was his responsibility. But he neglected his responsibility. Why? Because, well, he already bore too many scars from war. He was older. He was tired. He was established. He was entitled. He was a king. And when you're a king in that day, a king gets what he wants. And he saw something that he wanted. He saw someone that he wanted. Bathsheba. And so he took Bathsheba. Unfortunately, shortly after that, she would be found. After their infidelity, she would be found to be pregnant with a child. Rather than coming clean and owning up to his mistake, as God had been teaching him all the days of David's life, you know what he does? He manipulates. He connives. He sends Uriah to the front of the lines of battle pulls the rest of his reinforcements back, and it's there that Uriah loses his life. So David is now an adulterer and a murderer. A year would go by. It would seem as though nothing's going to happen to David. It would seem as though nothing would come of what it is that he'd done. You know people like that. It just never seems like anything happens to them. Even in spite of all of the bad and the, the manipulating and different scheming that they do, nothing was coming of it all. But then a word of the Lord came to David from Nathan the prophet. Maybe a word of the Lord's coming to you today. It came to me as I was preparing this. The word of the Lord came to David through Nathan and Nathan said, God knows what you did. You know you shouldn't have done it and you're gonna pay for it. And you've had a lot of time to deal with this and you haven't dealt with it. And David, in that moment, his spirit was broken. And shortly after that, you would see the writing of Psalm 51. And so that's the context. That's the facts of 2 Samuel 11, the facts of David's situation. But Psalm 32, it tells us what's happening in his heart. Talks to us about the journey that he goes on as he's going to reconnect with the Lord. As he's going to come into a right relationship. He's going to come to peace with God. And that... That is not something that you or I can ever purchase. And so we come into Psalm Psalm 32. And the best way to understand Psalm 32 is is like a four-act play. And the four-act play is this. The first few verses are David speaking to an audience. The next couple of verses is is David speaking to God. The third act is God speaking to David. And the fourth act is David speaking again to the audience. And as this is taking place, taking place, there's one word that we connect with each one of those acts. And that's the journey. That's the most important journey that you'll ever go on. And it's this journey that can truly change your life. And you have a choice and I have a choice. Is the conviction of this world going to guide us and define us? Maybe even destroy us. Or are you going to allow the conviction of God to save you? And so we begin in verse 1 of Psalm 32. Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them and whose spirit is no deceit. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. He speaks of of the pain that was going on inside of him, the misery uh, of the sin that he had committed coming to fruition. And that's the key word here in the opening act is sin. It's just hard for us to completely fathom the impact of sin on our lives, the impact of sin on other people's lives. Sin is so insidious. We acknowledge that the significance of a murder. We acknowledge the significance of even infidelity. We acknowledge the significance of embezzlement. But it's hard for us to, to make that same correlation with maybe a thought that we have that we shouldn't have. Maybe a little lie that we tell that we shouldn't tell. But it's all the same, all of it, all of it is disconnecting us from God. All of it is taking us to a place where we just wanna justify Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. I hope that this message has been an encouragement to you. I know that it has been to others. You see, it is through the generous contributions of people like you that this ministry can thrive and get God's truth out into the world. I recently received a card from someone who said, Thank you for these messages on Hope for the Day. They are encouraging and refreshing as we get the opportunity to hear biblically-centered teaching that continually points people to Christ. And that is just one of several notes that we have received of those who appreciate the teaching here at Hope for the Day. I like this, this quote, you've probably heard it, at least some of you. Just to give us some concept of sin. Sin will take us further than we wanna go. Sin will take us further than we wanna go. We may just wanna think about it, but then, but those thoughts, they eventually do affect our actions. I mean, it can be as simple as, I'm just going about, this is just you know simple, silly, whatever. Seven o'clock, you sit down, you're just gonna eat a few chips. 9 p.m., you've already consumed 2,000 calories. (laughs) It's small, but it grows. It's a thought. And then all of a sudden, it's a consideration. It's a temptation. It's a conversation. You didn't think it was going to go that far with that other person, but then somehow you're trying to reel it back in. Maybe you haven't crossed the lines of a full-blown affair, but it's close. It'll take you further than you want to go. It'll keep you longer than you want to stay. You just wanted to have a little thought. You were just teasing out your anger, but you didn't realize how much resentment and bitterness it would that, that, that teasing out would create after a year or two of continuing to foster those, those thoughts. It'll cost you more than you want to pay. Man, people have lost families. They've lost careers. They've lost years of their lives. What a statement. I mean, what a, what a spiritual giant that had to come up with something like that, you know? I mean, you really got to spend some time with the Lord to come up with a statement like that. I mean, that's the kind of person that if you come up with something like that, you wouldn't think that that, that kind of sin would consume them. I did a little research. I was just curious. It's such a common statement about sin and description of sin. I just, who in the world could have said this? If I'm going to say something to you, I want to know, I'd like to know who said it first. And I did a little research and the name, it's been used a lot, but the name that came up the most was a man named Ravi Zacharias. Considered by many to be a spiritual giant. A man that he knew the ins and outs of the Christian faith. He was easily one of the greatest Christian apologists to ever live. And yet, in spite of everything he knew, even in spite of the wisdom of a statement like this about sin, it is that same sin that just destroyed his legacy. I don't know if God spared him or not. He died, and shortly after that, all of his um, unfortunate, all of the infidelity that was in his life, the sexual immorality began to come out, and his entire ministry was destroyed. His family, the lives of his family were, were affected it was terrible. None of us are immune to sin. Even somebody like Robbie, who's seemingly a spiritual giant. He wasn't immune to it. You're not immune to it. I'm not immune to it. I was just thinking about that sin. You know, I, for me, I, you know, I've had moments where I'll let something get the best of me. I, I was just thinking like, you know, I've never, it comes in all shapes and sizes. You got to know that. And, and I haven't ever committed an affair, but I've had lustful thoughts. I, I've, I've never, like, drank so much alcohol that I just threw up and passed out and was stumbling around or got a DUI or any of that. I mean, but, you know, not long ago, I had two beers. And I, and I realized that when it, and it was after the fact, I, like, I had just hadn't eaten any food, and it really affected me. I was impaired. And I thought, this is, I've crossed the line here. I shouldn't have gone here. I don't do that often. I don't rarely ever take a drink of any kind. and Yeah, I've never abused any of my kids, but I've gotten angry at them. Way too angry and upset. I've never committed perjury. <laughs> but I was talking to somebody just the other day about a basketball game that, my, that I was coaching, and, and you know what? We lost by nine, but I was like, you know, I think we lost by five or six. Man, we... We all fall short of the glory of God. It doesn't start with us, it starts with his goodness and where he is with his holiness. And then when we come into that, when we come into that, we realize, wow, we have really fallen short. And here's, and here's the last little piece of this. I know many of you have not gone off of the deep end with some of these things. What do you do with the small stuff, though? Or even the big stuff, for that matter. Are you justifying it? Or are you trying to really be forgiven for it? If you justify it, the lies, the lust, the anger, the jealousy, the bitterness, the discontent, if you justify it, that's the conviction of the world. And you will be so connected to this world if you do that. That's what they're all, all the world's bonding around. But if you can acknowledge it for what it is, then in that moment, you aren't connecting to the world. But now, like all of us need to, we get to reconnect with God. And so David is taking us on this journey again. And he says, for day and night, your hand was heavy on me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave me the guilt of my sin. Therefore let all the faithful pray to you while you may be found. Surely the rising of the mighty waters will not reach them. You are my hiding place, God. You will protect me from trouble and surround me from the songs, surround me with the songs of deliverance. He's coming to God with a confession not a justification. He's coming to God, appealing for grace, not appealing for things. Friends, God has such a desire to forgive. So much of a desire to forgive that far, far, far outweighs our desire to confess. A few weeks ago we had a time of prayer in church and we, 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 were, we were hopeful that some of you would take some time to confess, to reconnect with the Lord. I don't know if there's a day that goes by that we shouldn't be confessing something to God. It's in, it's in that confession that we get to receive his mercy and his grace. You have concerns though, right? You have worries. You got kid things, marriage things, money things, career things, health things head things heart things got all we got all kinds of things well unfortunately we have to bring today's message to a close but my hope is that the word that was spoken was an encouragement to you that's always our hope here at hope for the day did you know that these messages are recorded at valley view christian church every sunday